Well, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time that may be, wherever you are. My name is Craig Hagan, and you're listening to Rainbow Weekly's podcast. I'm here with Tony McKinnon. We call him T-Mac on a wonderful September day here here in Tulsa, Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, I guess. Middle of September. Middle of Falls September. around the corner. Yeah, but it's still like 90 degrees outside. Yeah, I know, right? but I've, there's hope. Hope for what? <laughs> for it to cool off. <laughs> tired yeah, of, you tired have, of the hot You weather. haven't heard about global warming? Yeah, I've heard about it. Yeah. It's anyway, fake news. Fake news. <laughs> Just like all other news. <laughs> they we're not going to talk about on today's program because it gets us all mad. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, hope all of you guys are doing great. If you know, We'd love to hear from you. If you want to send us an email, you can email us podcast at rhema.org. Also, you can like us on Facebook and Instagram. And like I said, you know, we're... We're excited to hear from all our listeners all around the world. I'm going to do a shout out to India. India still is our second largest um, um, country besides the United States of America. And, and um, I still like to say we're hotter than curry. Yeah, not sure about that. <laughs> all right. You know, um, today we have with us one of our instructors. He's been on the podcast before, um, um, Reverend um, Kirk Dubois. Doctor. Doctor Kirk Dubois. Anyway, and we're going to talk about end-time prophecy because one of the questions I always get is, Craig, where are we at in end-time prophecy? And I, I have no clue. I just want to, let, I want to go on, on record. Uh, I really don't know. And I don't know if Kirk really knows or not, but we're putting him on the spot today um, because he's kind of our end-time teacher. So, Kirk, it's good to – Dr. Kirk, you know, Captain Kirk, whatever. Doctor, <laughs> doctor, doctor. doctor. <laughs> anyway, good to have you on the program. And, you know, sorry to put you on the spot, but Tony and I don't know a whole lot about end-time prophecy. Um, and so, um, you know, what do you think? I can tell you absolutely 100% that we're closer to the coming of Jesus than we were when he first came. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I definitely believe we are bumping up to the end of the last days. I believe the last days started on the day of Pentecost. Yeah. But these are definitely the last of those days. There's, there's been a lot of signs in the, in the scriptures. You know, people have all through the all through the two millennia of church history thought Jesus was coming in their day. Mm -hmm. But there were certain signs that had never taken place, such as the rebirth of Israel and the recapturing of Jerusalem. And I think that's really the timepiece that really set things in motion. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. You know, all my life, actually, I've I've been hearing the Lord's going to come soon and the sky's going to crack and it was going to happen. And, And then, you know, I think we have our young people today. They're like, yeah, yeah, it's really going to happen. I mean, they don't Well, do Jesus said, watch the fig tree. <coughs> fig tree's Israel. Yes. And over in our department, in the RMAI alumni, Doug, has, Doug Jones has a ficus tree in his office, and the leaves are falling off of it. That's a sign. And so I told him yesterday, <laughs> according to that, Jesus is right around the corner. So, well, so, the interesting thing about that scripture, though, Jesus said, behold, look at the fig tree and all the trees. Hmm. Because the trees represent nations. Yeah. It wasn't just Israel, but that's the main player. Yeah. But what's he mean by all the trees? Well, the trees represent the nations, the players that were there from the beginning that will be part of the last day, mm. like the Roman Empire, Persia, uh, uh, the Grecian Empire, the Babylonian Empire, the Assyrian Empire. All of these are going to be players in this last scenario. So while a lot of the stuff we see happening in the Middle East right now is just it's just everything's lining up, not just the fig tree, but all the other trees are starting to come to full bloom, you might say. Ah, uh, that's good, yeah. And, you know, that's one thing that I think a lot of people don't understand, that the known world at the time the Bible was written, you know, 
America the Beautiful wasn't part of the known world, obviously. And, you know, a lot, a lot of the stuff is more Middle Eastern thing, you know, and, 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 you know, sometimes people are looking at what's happened in America and they think that's, you know, the signs of the time. But the signs of the time are going to be things that happen over in Israel and over in the Middle East. I mean, that's... Yeah. A, yeah. Um, I, I do want to... I want to put it like a maybe a disclaimer up at the front. And I, I am pre-trib rapture all the way through. Yeah. I believe Jesus is coming, and we can talk about why I believe that. And I know other people believe different things, and that's fine. We'll all find out when Jesus comes back. <laughs> but uh, one thing that the Lord has been dealing with me about lately is in the book of Acts chapter 1 there, when Jesus was spending those 40 days with the disciples before he went back into heaven, it says in verse... Uh, one and three that he was showing them especially verse three he was showing himself alive by many infallible proofs being seen of them 40 days speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of mm -hmm. god and part of that conversation is the next verse and the two verses talking about they were to be baptized in the holy ghost so then we get down to verse six and the disciples say, Lord, you know, is it at this time, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? They were concerned about end time events. Is this when we're going to get our kingdom back? And he had been talking to them about the kingdom of God for 40 days. And so he has to bring them back on point. He says in verse 7, it is not for you to know the times or the season which the Father has put in his own power, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you etc. So he takes them back to what he was saying in verse 3. He's trying to focus them on mm -hmm. a spiritual kingdom and that they have a job to do. And they were focused on the end time wrap up. And he's saying, look, that's going to happen when it happens. But this is you're supposed to be receiving the Holy Ghost and power and go out into the world and do something. Well, that's why so, a lot of, the, of them, uh, those guys missed him the first time around because they want a literal king to establish a literal kingdom. Right. So I see it this way, and I've said this to some people, that you, we need to check our eschatology. That's, for those that don't know that big word, that's just study of end times. You need to put your eschatology aside and get busy doing what we're supposed to do. I believe it's coming and coming soon, but I think a lot of the problems we're facing today is because the church is disengaged because we're sitting around waiting for Jesus to come instead yeah. of going out and impacting our culture and our nation and society and so forth. I agree. Well, you know, and, and you know, continuing on, it says, when you see the power, this is verse 8, um, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, you know, so we're right where we are, Judea, you know, the country next door, Samaria next door, into the end of the earth. I mean, you know, so that's what we, sh we should be focusing on, like you said. We, you know, doing the math that I have to do sometimes, someone said there are 7.9 billion people in the world, you know, maybe we have 2 billion Christians, probably don't have 2 billion Christians, but you know, that's still these 5.9 billion Christ people that are on the road to hell if the Lord comes back today. And I don't believe the, the Lord wants to send 5.9 billion people to hell. No, see, that's the other thing that, that James chapter 5, he tells us, he says, Be patient, my brothers, until the coming of the Lord, as a farmer waits has for the precious fruit of the earth and has long patience for it until it receives the early and the latter rain. The focus of, a father, of our Father right now is harvest. Right. Yeah. He's not in a hurry to send Jesus back because there's, like you say, five plus billion people that still need an opportunity to give their life to Christ. And I think sometimes we've missed it by being focused on. Now, yes, we are in the last days and we'll look at some of the signs because I believe it's happening. But 
Jesus, when I think about what he said to the disciples, he said, occupy till I come. Yeah. Yeah. He said, you're the salt of the earth. That's a preservative. You're the light on a hill to shine in the darkness. He said, um, uh, uh, in Thessalonians, Paul said that the Antichrist can't even show up until the hinderer is taken out of the way, which I believe the is the body of Christ. Yeah. And I don't see anything that he did say, when you see these things happen, know that you're, you know, look up your redemptions close, but that even gets into some other things about the Jewish people and where they're at at that time. But for the church, he, he's telling us that we're supposed to be busy. He, t- he gave a parable about the people working out in the field at different hours. They were called to work in the field. And so the harvest was still needing to come in. So at the last moment, he was hiring people to work in the field. I believe that's where we're at right now. The harvest is coming in, but the time is getting short. So he's, in the, he's hiring people to work in the field. Mm-hmm. In other words, laborers, which really takes us back to Rama. And that's why Rama is here to train laborers. Yeah, for the end time harvest. And like for I said, if, if you're listening to this podcast and you feel that you're called for the end time harvest, you feel, or maybe you want to learn more about the Bible. That's what's at rbtc.org. If you'll just go there and you'll um, fill out your information, we'll have one of our student ambassadors give you a call and set up a time. Maybe you can come, um, come visit or we have Rama College Weekend coming up October. I don't have the dates right in front of me. October the 11th, I think. Um, I just saw it a few seconds ago. 15th, 16th, and 17th. All right. October the 15th, 16th, and 17th. a great time to come and learn more about Rhema Bible Training College. And like I said, Kirk says, I mean, that was one of the reasons that that we have Rhema is to train end-time laborers. And we have trained 95,000 laborers, you know, worldwide so far. You know, because this is this is a worldwide problem, not just an, an American problem, and, and that's something that, you know. But I, what I see it when I see people being kicked off YouTube and you know Facebook and all these kind of things, I see that's the devil trying to stop a tool that we have to to be able to proclaim the gospel to people who maybe you know haven't been able to be reached. You know, and so that's why I think you see big tech stepping up because, you know, I'm not saying the devil controls big tech, but it seems like it sometimes. You know. You know, Technology is a wonderful thing in the hands of a person with a good heart. Yeah, but, you know, it has been awesome. A, a thing like Facebook has made it, you know, e- even during the pandemic for a church to have free access to be able to broadcast around the world, you know. And, you know, I know here at Rama we understand broadcasting around the world because Rama.tv. I mean, we'll have 1,800 people watch this on a Sunday morning, and we'll have, you know, 200 countries represented sometimes watching us, you know. And, and so, but... But really, if you're if you, you know, when something goes viral, I mean, you know, people can watch it around the world, which is kind of unique, you know. And, and there's there's going to be a way that we we bring in that end time harvest, and, and like you said, you know, occupy till he comes. And you know, I think that's one of the reasons why I haven't my personal self really read up a lot of revelations, a lot of Daniel, a lot of things, because you know what? To me, to me, it's never really mattered. I've never actually thought about post trib, pre trib, you know. I know tribulation is going to happen. I don't know what timing. My, my point is I'm there to win as many on my team as, as, as possible, get as many people saved, and that's, that's where I'm, I've always been. I'm, you know, I kind of think, well, prophecy is going to happen. It's, it's, you know, you know, because growing up when I was a kid, when you go, you know, the different color horses, the red horse, or whatever, that was, that was Russia. Now it's China. You know, I, I don't, you know, no one really seemed to know, and I've seen a lot of prophets miss it over time, so I just kind of felt in them. A lot of people's antichrists have died over the years. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. But, you know, um, I saw a post on Facebook the other day. It was sort of funny. Somebody said, 
what chapter of Revelation are we in now? (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? My answer to that is we're in chapter 3. Because from my studies and from my opinion, my humble opinion, as I told somebody, I wrote a book on humility, Seven Steps to Humility and How I Achieved It. (laughs) But but, uh, in my opinion, from what I've studied, the church is never mentioned again in Revelation after chapter 3. On the, on the chapter 2 and 3, he talks about seven churches, which many agree that that's talking about not only the seven existing churches, but seven church periods. And then at the end of that, he says in chapter 4, he heard a trumpet, he saw a door, and he heard a voice saying, come up here. And then it said, I will show you things which must be hereafter. In the Greek, that meta, I can't remember the exact word, but it means after these things are done, right. I will show you what's going to happen. Next. And so there's a, there's a lot of similarities there between when the church leaves the trumpet and going into heaven. The next thing you see is seen when he's in heaven with the elders around the throne and all this worship going on, and then God begins to unfold things. But you don't see anything about the church after chapter uh, four, uh, 3. You don't see terminology about the church. You see terminology about Israel. You see things like the 12 tribes. You see things like the uh, Mount Zion, Jerusalem, the temple, the ark, the uh, trumpets. You hear... You see the lamb. You hear and see things that are specifically related to Jews. And I, be, I firmly believe from my studies that that is because the, the book of Revelation, the tribulation, what we call the tribulation, is not for the church. It's, for, it's the last of the 70 weeks of Daniel where God is going to mm-hmm. finish, like he said in Daniel, it's going to finish the iniquity, finish transgression. There's going to be an end to all this stuff. But but that, uh, uh, you know, that, so that's why we don't see the church mentioned. And so the last chapter of Revelation, we see the bride and the spirit say, come. But that's after everything's over. So I personally believe that we're in chapter 3. We're in this church age. And that we haven't, you know, people think because of the pandemic, excuse me, my tongue twisted there. <laughs> and because of the social media, the control, the censorship, the socialism, and all the stuff that's happening that, that you know, that we are entering into the tribulation, but I don't, you know, you have not seen trouble mm-hmm. until the tribulation. This actually is just this dress, is, dress rehearsal. This is dress rehearsal. But where does that put us? Because I read in the book of Revelation that after the tribulation, when Jesus comes back, that those that have received the mark of the beast will be thrown, will be killed, and the beast will be thrown into the lake of fire. The others will be judged later. But then the nations that are left will be brought into the kingdom, the millennial thousand-year right. kingdom. So that tells me there are going to be whole nations exactly. that have not submitted to the Antichrist. Amen? It didn't yeah. say that when the tribulation was over that nobody's left. No, I agree. Yeah. So like that we tells talking. me if there's yeah. – it said nations will come in. And, of course, we know that that judgment is talked about in Matthew when he, he puts the nations on his right hand and his left hand, the sheep from the goats – and he then, because I always wondered about that, he, he judges them based on how you treated the least of my brethren. That yeah. doesn't make sense because a person's not saved by how they treat people. But that judgment is not talking about salvation. That is a judgment of the nations at the end of the tribulation of who mistreated his brethren, Israel and the believers, versus those that didn't. And the ones that go into the kingdom, then it says nations will come into the kingdom, the millennium. So there are going to be whole nations on this earth that have not submitted to the Antichrist right. system. All right? So then, that, then the question I ask is, why should we allow America 
to be to go down that path. Become that, a goat nation. That tells me that we can still save America. I agree. But now, I think one of the reasons that America's gone down the path it has is because they're reluctant of us Christians to be involved in our government. Exactly. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, you and I are, are kind of involved. Um, you know, and I, and I believe that we as Christians, you know, first of all, I, I believe, you know, I mean, it's, it's our right as an American to be involved in, in our government, you know, because, you know, I don't think God put us here to not to care, you know, and, you know, I, I know yesterday I was actually on my dad, well, Rainbow Praise or television program, my dad talked about his book called Called of God, and, and, you know, we believe that God calls people of all different, you know, not everyone's called to be a minister, some people are called to be an accountant, being a, you know, a, a mechanic and, you know, you know, to be a banker and all these kind of things, but I do believe that people are called of God to, to be a politician. You know, and I think because of so much corruption in politics that has caused us Christians to like, you know, to not be involved in, and now we, we see where we're at. And I'm saying there are some good Christians involved in politics. And then also too, I do believe that just because I'm a Christian and I run for a political position doesn't make me qualified. Right. I, you know, and that's something that we've, there's been people who's ran for, you know, different positions. I'm like, I won't vote for them. Yeah, but they're a Christian, Craig. I don't care. You know, right. are, can they do the job? And that's that's something else, you know. Um, and, and I believe that because we haven't been that much involved, because, you know, really in the church, it just seems the church, we're more concerned about our family and that God blesses our family, maybe a few good friends that we have. And, you know, most of the time we, we don't really care about the rest of the world. I mean, you know, but, but, you know, the... You know, it's, it's important. And, you know, the government was established uh, among on Christian principles. And, and, and unfortunately, in a lot of ways, we've got away from it. And, you know, it's, it's kind of scary. I think one of the biggest deceptions in our country, our nation, is people to, to come up with this idea that Christians should not be involved in politics as though there's two different universes. But if, you know, you study, first of all, the entire Bible is people of God be involved in politics. I mean, mm-hmm. Daniel, Joseph involved in the government, you know, even the children of Israel, all the way into the New Testament. There was, you know, Paul's talking about how to pray for those in authority, and we are to be engaged. So um, Jesus takes his disciples on his way to Jerusalem to be crucified. They stop off at a place called Caesarea Philippi, which is also known as Panias or Banias or Bashan. And it's one, it was the center of occult activity and sexual perversion of the day. The Greeks and the Romans and all the way back to Baal worship and all the way back to uh, pre-Israel times, they worshiped in that area, false gods and fallen angels and so forth. Jesus takes his disciples there and says, who do men say I am? And Peter, of course, gives that answer, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. He says, you know, this was revealed to you by my father. And then he says, you're Peter, which means a rock, and on this, uh, means a stone, and he says, and on this rock, I'm going to build my church. Well, the people, the Catholics had said, well, that's, Peter's the Pope, and then the Protestants said, no, that's the, the confession that he built his church on. But I think there's something that we've missed with our modern-day reading of this. Back in those days, that place where that took place, and I've been there several times, it's a cave that comes out of the ground, and that's where the Jordan River starts. And, it, and it's called the Gates of Hell because they would have ceremonies. You can go there today and see there's a temple there that Herod built, and there's all these carved niches where they'd have orgies and, and all kinds of crazy stuff go on to try to get the gods to come out from the gates of hell to, to bring rain on the earth. And right behind it, in the distance, is Mount Hermon, which is the highest mountain in Israel. They actually have a ski slope up there. And uh, that 
was a place that had a history of occult activity all the way back to the fallen angels, and I won't get into all that. But Jesus says to his disciples, in that place, who do, you, who do men say I am? And then you know, the revelation comes. And then he says to Peter, I'm going to build my church on this rock, and the gates of hell cannot stop it, cannot prevail against it. And then six days later, as if to put an exclamation point, he goes on top of Mount Hermon and is transfigured so mm-hmm. that his glory shows, as if to say, serve notice on the fallen angels and the devils and the demons and say, you lose. And I'm gonna, and it, but what's he telling us? This is not a church that hides out away from society. This is a church that's going to go right into the evil and be a, mm-hmm. be a, bring a change and bring light. Be salt and be light. So, you know, we've hidden in our monasteries and our Christian schools, and I'm not anything against schools, but... But we have to be engaged in our society, mm-hmm. and that's the problem. What we've not been so that's we're cleaning up mess on aisle two right now. Mm-hmm. We're trying to <laughs> trying to fix the problem. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I think some of us you take the scripture, you know, you know, come up and be you separate. Like we want to, you know, we want to separate from the things of this world, and we kind of consider our government the things of this world. But you know, our our government was like I said established on, on biblical principles. I mean, yeah. our founding fathers were. were I mean. The whole nation, when you go back to the pilgrims, I mean, the reason they came to America was to worship God the way they please and, and instead of going to the Church of England or whatever, they wanted to worship God the way they please, and that's why they came to America. And, you know, America's always been about freedom of religion. The The whole country about, you know, it's been always been about freedom. We have a freedom to worship. We also have a freedom to be an idiot. I mean, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, I was talking to someone. I said, you know what? The deal is, is that we have people have died for this guy's freedom to be an idiot. I mean, you know, that's, that's you know, America used to be about freedom, used to be about the Constitution. And the other day I was telling someone that was not constitutional, and they said, Craig, you know the Constitution doesn't matter anymore, which it does, but, you know, but it doesn't seem to matter. But, you know, I think it's time for us to be more engaged. And, um, you know, not only, obviously, my dad has the statement, the natural and the supernatural working together makes explosive force for God. So, so, you know, it seems a lot of times we have been involved in prayer, maybe, but we also need to hit it from both ends put not just feet to our prayers yeah, put feet to our prayer and, and you know but i don't believe everyone's called to be in the political arena but now we all called to, to vote and be, and be involved in, in what's going on because it, you know it takes you know it's supposed to be about we the people which i, I got a brand new shirt that says we the people on it you know, it looks like the constant i mean the you know the thing and i was flying southwest airlines and the steward guy on the way out goes i love your shirt you know so you know but the, you know and 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 how does this tie into the last days? Well, it really does because, you know, we need to see God move in this nation because we are sending laborers around the world, and, and, and I don't believe God's through with this country. But people say, well, Romans 13 says we should submit to those in authority. The thing about that is, in this nation, we created a nation, a government by the people, for the people. We're the ones in authority. <laughs> we That's are the good. ones that hire and fire yeah. through our votes, assuming they count. I vote twice every year. <laughs> but you know what? The people... In, in the same election, early right? And often. <laughs> but this country was designed that the people would be in charge, and we That's would hire trip. and fire those that would run things for us. And so when we say, you know, you got to submit to authority, the highest authority in this country is the Constitution under God. And what empowers the Constitution is the Declaration of Independence, which mm-hmm. says God has given every man yeah. equal rights for freedom life and the pursuit of happiness so hallelujah notice it does a promise happiness the pursuit thereof the pursuit of it so yeah. we just want to be happy 
But, you know, so where does that put us in these last days? Again, I'm saying that, you know what, we need to realize that the whole world is not going to be under the Antichrist. And actually, people say, well, the Bible says it's the whole world. But you've got to realize that in the New Testament, it says Caesar Augustus passed a decree that the whole world should be taxed. And so Joseph and Mary ended up in Bethlehem. That's whole Christmas story. The whole, yeah, Christmas story. <laughs> but you know what? The whole world wasn't India, Africa, or even on this side of the world. Because it was only talking about the whole world that surrounded Israel, and which was under the dominion of the Roman Empire at the time. For all practical intents and purposes, under the subject there, the known world. The known world. The known world to those people. Mm -hmm. And you look at the times of the Gentiles. See, here's the thing. The Bible talks about the times of the Gentiles being over. And in Revelation, it's mentioned again that the Gentiles will trod underfoot the holy city, Jerusalem, for three and a half years. That's the last half of the tribulation. So what does this times of the Gentiles mean? What does it mean? We need to put on glasses of, of, the, of the period of time that Jesus was in to read the Bible based on that time frame and that mindset, a Jewish mindset in the early church. The times of the Gentiles refers specifically <coughs> excuse me, to those nations that have directly affected Israel. Seven, really, Assyria, or Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, uh, Persia, Greece, Rome, and then the seventh kingdom will be the ten nations in Revelation, also talked about in Daniel. And then out of that will come the Antichrist. But these were all nations that have oppressed Israel and will oppress Israel. Those were empires. Those were empires. And there's some actual (laughs) nations over there now. So when it talks about the times of the Gentiles, these are things that God has put on a clock, and it's going to wind down in the last three years, three and a half years of the tribulation. It says they will trot underfoot the city of Jerusalem for three and a half years, but that's when Jesus comes back and puts an end to it and sets up his kingdom Mm -hmm. and over all the kingdoms of the earth. What are, what are those, the nations of those old empires? It was first Egypt, then Assyria. The northern tribes went into captivity. Yeah, then, what nations is that today? I oh, mean. I'll tell you what. <clears throat> let, me, let me list them and then I'll tell you something <laughs> interesting. Egypt, did you know that the Egyptian empire went up into Israel at one point, mm-hmm. uh, even as high as up in Assyria? They, there's Egyptian stuff up in the, those parts. Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, Persia, Greece, and Rome, and then, of course, the revived Roman Empire will be what we're seeing now, but all of those, if you take a map and overlap all of those together, the, where they all overlap and intersect is Turkey, Syria, and Iran. There you go. Mm-hmm. All right? So we know from Daniel and John using the same animal descriptions that represented some of those different kingdoms that the Antichrist has been narrowed down to come out of that area as known as Turkey, Syria. Lion, and, the and, leopard, and, and the bear. Parts of the old Greece Empire is what is Turkey. The Syrian Empire and the Persian Empire, those are the different beasts that Daniel talks about, the four beasts, and then you line them up with Revelation. I know we don't have time to go into all this, but if you overlap those on a map, it, you, got the, you got the area. And guess where it is? Directly north of Israel. And what does Ezekiel talk about Gog and Magog? Everybody wants to say Russia is Gog. There's no place in the Bible that says Russia it's is Gog. It's far north. Yeah. <clears throat> the Actually, if you want to know the truth about it, that whole idea that Russia is Gog came out of the Koran, where they use the name Rosh to, to talk about Russia or whatever. But they say that because the Hebrew word is Rosh, the head of the nations. And the, it's just a letter. Rosh is, Resh is the letter. Rosh means the head or the chief. We just celebrated Rosh Hashanah, the Jews mm-hmm. did. means the head or the beginning of the year. So the Rosh is the chief of the nations. Well, if you have all those nations surrounding Israel, right now they're vying for power. 
out of that whole region, Turkey, Syria, Iran, they're vying for power. Now, now side note here, what's interesting, <coughs> excuse me, is Daniel talks about this Antichrist kingdom as the kingdom of the north, and the, there's going to be fighting against the kingdom of the south. Right now, the kingdom of the south, Saudi Arabia, Egypt, and some of those countries are lining up against Iran, but Iran is lining up with Syria and Turkey, yeah. and you're getting, the, you're getting that north-south division right there that makes up that whole Antichrist system where there's going to be these battles, and eventually the Antichrist will overrun the ones of the south and then set up his thing in Israel. So what I'm saying is that when you read Daniel and you read Revelations and you see what kingdoms are talking about, it's not the United States. Mm -hmm. People try to say Babylon is the United States. No, it's not, you know, uh, or New York or whatever. No, it's not. It's going to be in that region and it's going to be pertaining to Israel. But what that should do for us is it's a time clock to show us where we're at. And that should tell the church that we need to get busy because there's a harvest. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and obviously, you know, more missionaries have come out of the United States of America than any, any other country in the world. And I think that's, you know, that's the whole thing. That That's our, our, our role is to train up men and women like Rainbow Bible Training College is doing. I mean, that's that's what our, our, our role is to go out and reach this world, you know, you know, for the end time harvest. And like I said, if you're out there and you maybe feel called to the ministry or maybe want to learn more about the Bible, rbtc.org. If you'll just go to that website, give us your information, and we'll talk to you. We'll have one of our, our student ambassadors give you a call and talk to you about Raymond Bible Training College and, and how we're out going around you know, reaching this world for the end-time harvest. And, you know, it's exciting to do, but, you know, you know, like I said, we're supposed to train up laborers. And so, 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 so much we're, I know right now everyone's like, we're, we're doing the sign of the times and everyone's, you know, freaking out or things like that. But, it, you know, like you said, we're supposed to occupy till he comes. Well, that's the whole purpose. I mean, it's missed there with in the context of Jesus talking to those disciples at the, towards the end of those 40 days there. I mean, you know, it's the Holy, Holy Spirit is for harvest. Yeah. We, I mean, thank God for all the other aspects of his nature and things. But, I mean, he's in the earth to empower us uh, for harvest. Yep. Yeah, and, and right now most people are looking for the mark of the beast. I mean, that's that's really where we're at, guys. I mean, I remember hearing Hilton Sutton before he died years ago. He said, "You know, some people think that the superstar of the tribulation is the Antichrist." But he said, "The superstar is Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. because the tribulation proves that that Satan is still defeated and Jesus is still Lord." And even in the book of Daniel and Revelations, the Antichrist has king wars within his own kingdom, so he can't get it all together. Mm -hmm. So even when he thinks he's got it all together, he can't get it all together, and Jesus comes back and throws him in the lake of fire. So, I mean, you know, we shouldn't be looking for the Antichrist. We should be looking for the harvest. And, and here's, here's, a, here's an interesting. How many know, you know, First John 4, 4, right? Yeah. Greater is he that's in us. How many know what verse 3 says? <laughs> Let's look it up. Okay, okay, listen. Tell us. And every spirit that confesses yeah. not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. This is the spirit of Antichrist that you heard that it should come and even now is already in the world. But you are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Yeah. Yeah. Because greater is he that Hey, we got the power over the Antichrist. Yeah. So then it's, it'd be so now and it'd be so in the future. And so that, that's why I'm saying the church should be the hindering force that keeps this thing from cutting loose until God is done with the harvest and done with the church. That guy can't do nothing. And, 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 and I know we leave when it's time because we have to come back with him to wage war. That's right. I'm, yeah, I'm, the saints are coming back with Jesus, yeah. you know. 
I'm picking up. My father-in-law used to teach a lot on end times, and and he said that uh, would always jokingly say that that uh, hoped that they had him a, a horse up there with short stirrups, <laughs> saddle with short stirrups, because he was short-legged. Speaking of that, for people that don't believe in a pre-trib rapture, they think we're just going to go up and make a U-turn and come back down with Jesus. Jesus said in John chapter 14, I'm going to prepare a place for you. In my Father's house, there are many mansions. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again to receive you to myself so that you can be where I am. That's talking about removing us from this place to the place where he is right now preparing for us. So we have to first be taken from here to go there before we can come back with him to the earth at the end of the tribulation. Well, we've got to go eat supper. Marriage supper Absolutely. the lamb. When yep. we get done with supper, we're coming back. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Eating is right up your alley, Tony. Yeah, I'm, I'm convinced. You can't find it in the Bible, but I'm convinced there's going to be crawfish on the table and catfish and shrimp and pork chops and ribs, all that stuff the Jews couldn't ever have because we've been set free from the law. <laughs> this is what y'all been missing all these years. Wow. Hallelujah. <laughs> Yeah, and so, so where, where is that in the Bible? It's not in the best of my Bible. It's the <laughs> cotton patch version. <laughs> oh, gosh. So, but Kirk, what you're saying is that, that we probably shouldn't be so concerned about the, what's going on and just get going for what we need to know what to do. These are signs, right? Yeah. He said signs of the times, right? When you're driving down the street to go to Oklahoma City, you see signs every so often telling you how many miles. You don't stop there and look at the sign and go, we've arrived. But that just lets you know you're getting closer. So all of these signs are just the indicators of where we're at, which should help us realize uh, on, the, on the calendar of God that we have to get busy. Mm-hmm. But our focus is not on the sign. It's on the destination. Yeah. And, and the destination for us is we're having a harvest. That's what God, God's agenda is always souls. He's not willing that any should perish. For God so loved the world, he sent Jesus, you know, so whoever believes God's not wanting any to, he wants all men to come to the knowledge of the truth. I mean, on and on it goes. And, he, and waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. Jesus said that the harvest is plenteous, but the labors are few. That's the problem is people getting busy. Labors are few. We got a lot of Christians, but very few laborers because everybody's looking at something else. And so God's agenda, number one, is not Antichrist, tribulation, or this or that. God is wanting people to be saved, and he needs laborers, and that's where we've fallen short. Mm-hmm. I remember when, when World War II was over, I think it was General MacArthur was in Japan, and he radioed to the, the, the United States, and he said, send me, I think it was 1,000 missionaries, and I'll give you Japan. It'll be a Christian nation. And nobody responded. I think a handful of missionaries responded. And to this day, it's a, you know, all kinds of stuff over there now. But a missed opportunity. And there's been several of those throughout history. And, you know, um, we don't need another missed opportunity, especially now. Mm -hmm. Right now, because of the signs of the times and what's going on, people are hungry for more. Because they know something's up. There's discontent around the world. They know something's not right. So now is a window of opportunity like we've never had to preach the gospel and to, and to go out there and do the work of God. Hallelujah. So once again, that's why we're here, Rayma, training that's right. people. That's right. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I know, you know all of us being teachers here, I mean, that, that's, that's where our goal is. is to, we, we want to train these students to be better than us, you know, yes. to go out and, and reach this whole world. You know, we, we want some go-getters. Yeah. You know, and that's, you know, I, I said it a few years ago, 
I was praying one day, and the Lord told me, see, at Raymond, we train visionaries. We train people. And we, our call, because I, one time I was talking to my mom, and I said, um, you know, I, I know people all around the world, and I mean, you know, hey, we can start an orphanage, and we can do this, and we can do that, and we can, we can drill wells in Haiti and in Africa and do all. I mean, I'm, I'm like, I'm thinking, I'm looking at all these things that, that, that people want to get involved in. I'm like, I can make that happen. We, you know, we can have Raymond orphanages, and we can have this and that. I'm like, that wouldn't be hard to do. I know enough people around the world. And my mom looked at me and says, yeah, but we're, we're, train, we're, we're called to train students. Now, we're called to train visionaries to go out. They're the ones who are going to build the orphanages and, and you know, right. the wells and feed the hungry and, and do whatever they feel called in those nations around the world. But we're here to train visionaries, you know. And so maybe if you feel that you're a visionary, maybe you have a heart, you know, for the world, um, you know, or, or may, maybe you have a heart to fund the, you know, you know, the end time harvest, you know, rbtc.org, Raymond Bible Training College. And I tell you, it's, it, it's so awesome. And, and for some of you that, that might be unfamiliar with, with our um, calendar schedule, used to you had to come in September and then you couldn't come for the next September. But now you can start in September or you can start in January. In fact, um, according to Dean Tad told me the other day that we have a lot of folks already lined up to come in January. You know, you know that's already, you know, they, they weren't going to come in September, but they're coming in January. And every January we're having a bigger and bigger um, spring semester class, and it's just it's just so awesome. Yeah, just, I don't know if he told you the numbers, but no, I don't. Our, I don't have our them. first year is up twenty five percent this year. Yeah, it's awesome. You know, over last year. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and it's going to be up another twenty five percent. You know, if you know, you got there that are listening. You know, will we'll, you know come in? He said, if you're ready to. Some people have told me during this coronavirus thing. Well, I, I'm ready to go, Craig. I'm re- I'm ready to go to heaven. You know, ready for the end. If we want this to end, we need to go out and touch the world. You know, yeah. with the you know, with the gospel of Jesus Christ, you know, and, and um, I think that that's what we're, we're passionate to, to train these students to go around the world. And, you know, what's awesome now is not only do we train students to go around the world, we're training students around the world just to go to, to their area, you know, and it's just to, to see our, the churches that, that, are, that are started by Rhema graduates around the world and, and to see what we're doing in all these countries around the world is just an incredible. And in fact, um, you know, I know my grandfather probably, he never imagined. I mean, I mean, when he started Rama, his goal was to train 50 students every year. That was his goal. You know, you know, he, he never considered that we might train 95,000 Rama, you know, Rama graduates. I mean, that, you know, but, you know, sometimes we, we you know, Rama's actually had an, an issue that, that we, we just kind of didn't have a plan. We just, we just doing what God told us to do and trying to catch up with it now. But, you know, it's, it's so awesome to see what our graduates are doing around the world. And so, um, you know, I, I think the, the moral of, of this podcast is let's go win the loss, you know, and let, let's go, you know, reach, reach this kingdom and let's quit worrying about where we're at in, in, in the end time, you know, whatever it might be, because we're supposed to occupy until he comes. Amen. Well, you know, praise God. Kirk, it's great to have you. I know, I know we probably have many, many other things we can talk about, but um, we're going to go ahead and end this podcast here at Raymond. We're bringing hope, hope, help, and healing to the world. world.